Hey everybody, it's Harry. Uh, welcome back to the Alston Pudding Podcast. If you are a returning listener, if you are new here, hi, uh, I'm Harry. This so this week, as I said last week, this week is this episode is coming out Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday, July thirteenth was the first, the one year birthday of this show. If I get the editing timing right then this episode is coming out after the birth chart reading, so I don't have to preview the birth chart reading. But yeah, a very special guest this week, uh, Cliff Notes, local rapper, musician, visual artist, filmmaker, poet, you know, all-around Renaissance artist of the contemporary Boston scene. Uh, He's got his hands in so much. uh, If you know musicians in the area you then they know cliff notes if you don't yeah i i've known cliff for a few years we joined alston pudding staff at the same time he was a writer for us before he left to pursue music full-time but he's like the nicest dude always great to talk to him so i've wanted to have him on the show for two reasons one because he's alston pudding family and two he was the first person i ever interviewed for when I had the notion to make a podcast, but that was back in 2019. And I just didn't have the equipment, the time, the, the, the desire, the, anyway, he was, he was going to be the very first episode. And I had an intro. I have a, I still have the audio. I have a whole interview recorded. It's a fantastic talk that will never see the light of day because the audio quality is really bad. But, you know, so I've been like this whole time now, 29 episodes into this show finally like this whole time i've i've known that i'll I'll be trying to have cliff on eventually and here it is anyway uh i've kind of rambled on long enough i'm uh you know update on other stuff i am still trying to get polar seltzer to sponsor us again if you are if you know or are related to any polar seltzer, like polar beverages executives, uh, get them in touch with me. Um, I'm really just trying to get a lifetime supply of free polar seltzer. Stay hydrated, y'all. Oh, I'm also, I thought, you know, for shits and giggles, because they sponsor like a bunch of podcasts, but like Adam and Eve, you want to hop on and peddle your wares, you know, I'd be happy to advertise whatever the hell you want me to. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Anyway, uh, here is my talk with Cliff Notes. Enjoy. All right. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Cliff Notes, local artist, yo, rapper, musician, filmmaker. How's it going, Cliff? That's me. It's hot. It's a hot day. Yeah. It's a hot world. I'm feeling okay, though. I'm feeling okay today. How about yourself? I'm uh, I'm hoping to get outside a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually staying inside as long as possible because we have a festival today. Oh, uh, whereabouts? Um, we're playing uh, the uh, Summer Sounds Festival out in Medfield at the Belforge Arts Center. It's like this right, old, right, right. Uh, yeah. abandoned mental state hospital. Yeah, it's, it's a sick little place. Yeah, I went there once for they did like a drive-in movie theater with the Coolidge a couple oh, yeah. summers ago. Yeah, I think uh, Tim went to that. Nice. D- uh, did he go to the one where at the beginning of the movie it got too windy and the screen collapsed, and then it, we just we got to watch like two oh, minutes of the no, movie? No, I don't think it was and that. Then they were like, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they got. I think they got their shit together. I think they went last year. Um, they said it was a cool vibe. No, no screens fell. But yeah, uh, you guys played a show yesterday, right? You and Tim? Yeah. Um, Tim and I got our duo group, production duo, that we've been working on for like two or three years now. Hollow that notes. was technically our first show together. Yeah. That was oh, our nice. first show. That was chill. It was pretty uh, low expectation, which is why we chose this show to be our first show just to kind of work out the kinks but it was a lot of fun we just jammed played a bunch of our beats that we've been working on some unreleased stuff too nice yeah i was gonna ask like how 
how it compares to like your sets as individual artists because I've seen both of you perform like your own music. We actually had a, a long conversation after the show, just like debriefing, like, all right, that was that. Now, what do we want it to be? Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're moving it to the direction of like, because uh, we produced a lot of records together. And then we also produce for a lot of people. Um, and then we just have a bunch of beats that are just sitting there. So it's like, um, so it's like, it's like a DJ set kind of with us playing live instruments like Tim's got his sax we got some keys up there I got my bass and we're kind of just jamming I'll sing a little bit maybe rap some lyrics do some motivational speaking the one thing we want to do is add like some covers in there oh nice yeah if we can get like some Marvin Gaye covers and stuff just like mellow it all out but again that was just our first show we're we're figuring it out as we go do you have it well I guess you, I can answer this question myself because I know you got like some shows coming up next month. You brought back the uh, sketchbook series at Atwoods this year. Yeah, that weekend's going to be hectic. Uh, we got sketchbook coming back. No official opener as of this moment. And that's going to be on July 16th. And excited about that. The, we brought that back last month, two months ago. Right at the, the weekend right after Boston. Wait, no. The weekend right before Boston? Oh no, no, it was the it was the beginning of the month. It was May, <laughs> May 9th. Um, when we did that with Zola and it was a really dope show. We we had talked about it before. Um, and I was comparing it to like when comedians do their like, you know, local shows or just like their smaller shows to try out new material yeah. before they go on their arena. Small clubs. Tour. Yeah. We're all about like just try like figuring out the vibe that's kind of that's going to be kind of the the goal for the next year is mm-hmm. we know the direction that we want to go in and what we what we think is the vibe but we, what we really want is it to be a collaborative process with with my audience and and new people who are just coming into the fold so we're using that as a as one of those kind of examples yeah i think that's a cool way to to go about it cuz i know um I remember last time you did this series, a lot of the things you workshopped kind of ended up finding their way onto your last album, Why the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Um, when we did that last series back in 2018, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we did it then, I was I was just fresh off of my residency at Mass Mocha. So mm-hmm. I had like hundreds of new songs and ideas and and I was also just in the midst of a lot of other stuff. Like that was uh, like in the same like three month period of like a major breakup, um, lost lost my brother, just a lot of stuff going on. So I was just like, All right, I got to figure out if what I'm doing even makes sense to people before I start doing bigger shows again. So we were, we were trying out a lot of the stuff that ended up on Why the Wild Things Are. So yeah, a lot to lot to try to pack into one album. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if uh, if you follow history and history is truthful, that would ideally mean that these would would lead to some other project, mm. which I can confirm exists because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um it, before I used to be like afraid of do I have a project or not? Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it. Blah 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 blah. But for me, the thing I'm working on now is is like everything everywhere all at once where it's like mm-hmm. you can't really spoil that movie for somebody there's just so much that goes on in that movie yeah that like you can tell them something but they still won't fully get it until they see the movie yeah and i know you're generally the kind of artist where you don't like to pressure yourself into this has to be you know any one thing yep but you know it's always nice to hear that there's something in mind but yeah, I like the comparison to everything, everywhere, all at once. That was a, a really wild ride of a movie. Yeah, that I love that movie. And I actually, I got to talk to uh, Ian Chang over on my podcast, who's part of Sunlux, and which was which was wild. Um, technically, I spoke to him before I even got to see the movie, which gave me this whole other perspective of the movie, just because of what they do musically in that. But 
But yeah, that movie is just so complex and there's just so many layers to it. And I think it's going to be hard for me to avoid whatever I'm doing next to not be super complex with a lot of layers to it. I'm mm. just trying to figure out the best way to make it accessible. The Cliff Notes extended universe. That's um, that's literally, well, not that word, but we do have an extended <laughs> universe that we are building. <laughs> it's it's called the uh, the wild the wild extended universe. <laughs> nice, yeah. The W E U. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I because I really love like multiverse con- as a concept, but like mm-hmm. and the way Marvel is doing it is cool and all, but like it's always trying to build to the next thing and i really liked everything everywhere all at once because it just it was like a self-contained project that still explored those ideas yep yep yeah that's that's like that's the goal for any i feel like that's for anyone who is like a multi-dimensional creator and like different aspects like the easiest way for it to all make sense is that they all exist in in the same world so that those themes can become easier to understand and transfer over. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I also love about that is once you create that universe, um, if you can successfully do it, things that you didn't even intentionally think were going to have specific meaning or specific connections to other things in that universe can just naturally happen um, Mm -hmm. without you trying to enforce that. So that's 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 definitely like a big goal of mine. There, the hipstery extended universe, the uh, <laughs> the wild extended universe. Uh, that's definitely in our strategic plans. <laughs> Have you noticed any specific themes kind of coming through? You know, without spoiling anything about what what might be coming. Oh yeah, uh, to be honest, Harry, Harry, like I ha- I have no fear of spoiling anything. Oh, okay, at all this right, point. Cool. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's really, it's like, there's so many things. Um, but I think in terms of themes, actually, no, that's a lot. There are certain things that I cannot spoil, but I'll be, I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be mindful of that. Um, but I think themes for me, it's basically this next project is, it's, it's, it's what I, what I like to call the third leg uh, of the wild extended universe. You go, you went from, uh, when the sidewalk ends, which had its own characters and its people, and it it was definitely like a moment of like that was probably the darkest times, and it had like those suppressions of racism and oppression and 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 uh, depression and all of that stuff. Um, and then we went into why the wild things are with the timing. It should have been even more depressing, but I I, mm-hmm. I think I was older and, and and wiser and 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 wanting to not continue to perpetuate that cycle that I created of just sadness. I tried to make something that was going to lead me in that direction. Um, And I think it did lead me in that direction. But I think now where I'm at post Why the Wild Things Are, um, looking back retrospectively and um, realizing that what I was doing was I was putting on this like facade of happiness, like faking it until I made it, which, which worked for what it was. But as like where I'm at now, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not the happiness that you have now mm-hmm. and, and the love and the things that you understand now and, and the way that you can appre- appreciate it more and dig deeper into that. So I think that that is the real concepts of, of, of this next project. One is, is love. Yeah. I, I might be working on a love album. Um, Ooh. Uh, not to say that like I'm in complete love, but I think I have a deeper understanding of what that is and the value of it and how to obtain that. Um, not even just romantically. Yeah. I was going to say like within friendships. Well, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're not just talking about romantic love specifically. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the stuff, uh, Michael Jackson used to sing about, um, <laughs> But um, but yeah, I, I, even working with my good friend Justine, um, Photo Comfort, um, Justine has been working on this project of like platonic love songs, and like that concept was so foreign to me when when she first brought it up to me two or three years ago. But I think even just in our friendship, I was able to understand that. I mean, and and uh, also just understanding my fr- like the value of the friendships that I have 
when I'm coming out of that space of depression and and the value that they bring in my life, either with the love for my therapist. Uh, hey, shout out to therapists. Yes. <laughs> the love for every member of my team, love for family. It's all different love, but it's all coming from the same space. So I think mm-hmm. that's one of the main themes of of love uh, of, uh, of the next project. Love and identity. Those are the two ones, two themes that you could probably nail down for this one. <laughs> nice, yeah. Do you want to know the name? I would love to know the name. Well, I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I can tell, so I can tell you the name of the first phase of this project, which will be launching on July 17th, where uh, uh, just like the last album, uh, why the wild things are we have the gallery show at dorchester art project called into the wild and then uh i think you got to see like a small iteration of that that's still up at the mm-hmm. uh arts connect international um but uh this next show will be called um wild wonderland um okay and it it'll be in, at the fort point artist community right on the seaport it's like right on, at the bottom of the Envoy Hotel, next Barking Crab, really mm-hmm. dope space, huge like huge glass windows. You can see into the gallery even when the gallery isn't open. So yeah, Wild Wonderland, um, and through that you can kind of guess which which book I'm starting yeah. to move into next. <laughs> yeah, all your albums are have like literary references. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm still sticking with that, sticking with my namesake. It's, it's the easiest way for me to process. And then this time, um, we're going to jump into uh, something new and exciting. Can you guess what book it is? Uh, I'm guessing uh, The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I imagine Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, or Through yeah, the Looking man. Glass, Lewis Carroll. Oh, wow. I'm really glad you brought that second book up, too, because I think that that's one thing that I'm realizing, like, that was an unintentional connection between, like, even the shows. In the last show, there was, like, the the Wild and Free Mirror, um, which which was the only piece that was, like, a mirror that had some paint dripping on it and this really intense frame. And I feel like that's, like, a key move into this next project. Alice in Wonderland is just such a it's such a wild book. And I think it's one of those books too, that it's like, I can tell you what happens, but you're not going to fully understand the movie or the book until you read it. Yeah. It's just really imaginative. And, you know, it's, uh, especially in the like 20th century after kind of psychedelics came more to the fore mm-hmm. forefront of, uh, yeah. Subculture. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. It too. definitely, that- it definitely made a, had a strong comeback. I think. Yeah, and psychedelics also has come to the forefront of my uh, subculture recently, which is probably a obvious um, connection that I didn't realize until now. But yeah, it definitely is just like a wild book. And I rewatched the the Disney and uh, the Johnny Depp one, the first one, not the second one. I don't know if it's worth watching the second one, but I already have enough of what I need. I think I saw the second one before I saw the first one. I didn't even realize that there was a second one, um, but it's not that great. Um, it's good for like the aesthetic, but a lot of what we did art-wise is more inspired by the Disney stuff, if anything. By like the uh, the cartoon one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the old stuff. So like this show is going to have, I can't even count right now, at least 30 new paintings. Um, oh, wow. At least. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the that last series at uh, DAP. That's what I love, the paintings, but also how they corresponded to songs from Why the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Um, and that's. That's that's gonna be the difference between this and, and uh, this next show is like that that gallery show opened a few months after the Why the Wild Things Are came out. This show is gonna open and there's no new music available, and I love that because there's just a lot of secrets that I like keeping from people <laughs> <laughs> and hiding it in plain sight. <laughs> 
I'm saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why I asked about the spoilers because uh, I mean, in general, like artists. No, no, no. I'm not and, saying too much. <laughs> yeah, is uh, in general like sometimes artists come on and they're like, "Oh, I can't talk about that right now," and I'm like, "Okay." So it's just like learning to like live with that. <laughs> oh no, we're we're totally media trained for this rollout. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Part of the reason why we pushed yesterday too is we had a, another meeting. Um, about this, but um, I, I'm I'm comfortable with everything I'm saying here. All right. Um, because, like I said, I can tell you so much, but there's so much. <laughs> um, I mean, thirty paintings. You can't tell me like every detail about. That's every just where we are here. now. I mean, and and how the the last show worked was that every piece was coordinating with a song on the album. So I can definitely tell you that there's way more than thirty songs that we're considering. Um, Jeez, uh, that that gets into more of the collaborative part of this entire pro- entire project is we want people to engage with the artwork and see where people are moving towards and make people feel like they have some type of say in what this next project will be because they they definitely do. Mm. So this it sounds like you're kind of gonna develop it more like you have stuff ready, but then along the way you're gonna develop it more as well based on like responses from from the attendees of like this upcoming gallery yeah so there's a gallery show i was also lucky enough to this isn't public news yet but i think that they'll be announcing this in the next like week or two um i got the uh live arts boston grant which supports this project um as well and it also just thank you it just changes our old perspective because we can have so many plans but until somebody drops a bunch of money and says, all right, go do it. <laughs> it, it makes it a little different. But like there are going to be a, a, a bunch of different events, like the sketchbook series, which will be part of this whole thing, uh, like this gallery show. Um, hopefully after this run of this gallery show, the show will run from July 17th until August 11th. Um, and after that, we're hoping to continue to expand the artwork of that show and then hopefully open it again at another gallery in December. That is still pending. Um, if there's a gallery out there that, that's interested and wants to host another gallery show in 2023, hit me up. But the show will be continuously growing and expanding with the folks that become involved with it. I have been, I like to say MIA, but it's really hard for me to be MIA, I've realized. Like, yeah, I ran like, into you last week. <laughs> yeah. you, you almost, yeah. you almost, because I didn't notice whenever you came into that event that we were at, we, uh, for the listeners, we were at a podcast networking event put on by women in music, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't see you come in. Cause I think I got there before you, or I don't know if you were there before me, I yeah. didn't see you. And I sat down and then one point I'm like a room, ninja. Yeah. I looked over and I saw the hipstery hat and I was like, Oh, hipstery. Nice. And I was like, Oh, no, that's, that's cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm relative, uh, like I'm relatively selective of like my social experiences because mm-hmm. of my anxiety and etc. But in terms of like music, I, I you could technically say I haven't put out music in a long time, but I really have. I've been working on a lot of other people's projects. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also put out a bunch of records under secret artist names, which I can't tell Uh-oh. because it's kind of part of the wild universe. Like oh. there's artist names out there that shit. <laughs> they're doing decent. They're doing pretty good numbers of, the, of these songs that I made. Um, and they're just out in the ether. So good luck to anyone who tries to find them. <laughs> ah, God damn it. God damn it, Cliff. <laughs> Cause now, now I got it. What, what did I do? You, now I got to try. No, I like, I love it. But <laughs> now I'm like, I gotta find this shit. <laughs> like it's now it's like a game to me. And like you, you, you've piqued my interest. <laughs> Ah, the game. Like I love culture, doing like which detective I love. shit. Yeah, and I mean, like I yep. could ask you like hints. Like, is it on Bandcamp? Is it lay- listed under like Boston on Bandcamp? Uh, but I feel like you're you're just gonna keep throwing me for a loop. <laughs> At that point, when you ask that question, I'll be like, "What are you talking about? What music?" <laughs> <laughs> I go back. I go back to edit this section of of the audio later for the episode, and this is just strangely missing. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing with the matrix here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of technically just cliff notes, cliff 
I mean, the last album I put out was 2019, mm-hmm. um, which was three years ago. And I'm a big fan of people like Frank Ocean and D'Angelo. Can totally go another like five years without doing anything. Yeah. But what keeps me happy though is like I'm, it's not like I'm just sitting in like Cuba with Tupac just doing nothing. Like, Hipstery's <laughs> doing a ton of stuff. We're filming. Like we're everywhere. So it's just like Cliff notes the character is is, is relatively MIA, mm. but. Not necessarily. And within that time, it it's one of my favorite times because it allows me to feel free of of everything. Even like like sometimes like press articles will like how people portray me or understand me or how I think people understand of me will force myself into like this pigeonhole that nobody created but myself. <laughs> and I start to question myself and go, why do y'all think I'm just this? Like, all right, I'll show mm-hmm. you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> Meanwhile, nobody's saying anything. <laughs> so, like, uh, it's just a great refresher time. And how I make music, uh, like, it's easily, like, 10 to 15 songs a day, especially when I don't have other projects going on. And it's just, like, letting ideas go and mm-hmm. all these thoughts and ideas and then being able to come back to it. Now, the difference between that process in the past and now is like now that I'm coming back to it and I'm redeveloping these songs and these things that I think are special, I want to know what other people think are special because those are like thousands of songs and like there could be some stuff in there that other people are like, nah, this is the one. And I would have no idea because I, I, I rarely drop snippets. I, I, I've never dropped snippets until this year. I, I didn't I didn't drop snippets I, until I, I started dropping like random videos on my YouTube on my uh, on my Instagram, and I was like, oh, this is new, but just trying it out. Um, but otherwise, it's like I always create a very curated experience and I'm very selective, and yeah. it's still. So I wanted to see what would what would it be like when I let people in. Yeah, no, I like that. I feel like you're a very like community-based artist, not just like as a Boston artist, but you get a lot of people involved. Like why the guest list for why the wild things are uh, like the features list is, you know, filled with amazing local artists. And it's like 50 different people. Yeah. You, you find like the right moments for, I don't know how much say you have in like directing and producing them on their moments or like how much you just let them, go off and do their thing, but they always feel like in the right place on the albums. Well, that's even that's something that um, I'm refocusing on. Why the Wild Things Are was very much outside of like, I mean, I wrote a couple people's, a couple people's lyrics, mostly like songwriters. Uh, I mean, mostly like the singers, but outside of that, it was very much like, this is exactly what's happening. This is the gap that you're filling. And mm-hmm. luckily the people that were involved were like people that trusted me and I trusted and it worked great. But I think with this project, as we're starting to bring these songs and demos into the studio and inviting other people, I'm letting go a lot more um, mm-hmm. and being like, well, what would you do with this? Which is something I would have never imagined three years ago. Cause I, like, Three years ago, I was very much, I know exactly what the vision is. I know how to achieve mm-hmm. this. And this time around, it's very much like, well, what if I'm not, uh, what if I'm holding this back by doing that? What if, the, if this could be greater than what I expected um, if I if I let go? So uh, I've been working a lot with Will Daly, um, mm-hmm. who's been producing um, a lot of my stuff. Even that, it's just like he'll take the stuff that I've already produced and just start to open my mind entirely to mm. what the song could be, not only with what we're doing to it sonically, but like who we're inviting in there. And it's uh, it's 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 a it's a new experience that I'm really loving. Yeah, sounds like you're really excited about like kind of this new mindset of working that you're you're you've been trying to adopt. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be. Only the only time we'll tell if this will be like my I don't I don't know if this is gonna be like my go to process. I'll probably eventually go back to my old process, but at least through this process, mm-hmm. I'm learning new ways of making music and approaching it. So regardless, uh, I'm hoping that this just leads to evolution and growth musically and internally. Another thing I 
love especially about because i was listening to why the wild things are before this and yesterday just to kind of get it back fresh in my mind because i think it had been been a little bit since i had listened to it but i I feel like because you're very meticulous about like what you wanted on that album and where you wanted things it does feel like something like blonde which i know because we've talked about a (laughs) mutual love of that album where it's like there yeah. were things that I, I heard that I was like, oh, I don't even remember this. Like, there was a whole song, I think, Worth It. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, I feel like I've never really listened to this song. Yeah, yeah. That deeply. Um, but, um, and then there were lyrics that I kept catching that, like, uh, I hadn't really heard before. And some that were, like, deep and made me, you know, think. And then some that just made me chuckle. I think the one, my new favorite that I just heard this morning was... Um, uh, it was uh, a, like calling the devil up for a half pound of reefer. Mary has always been varied, but I don't have time to leave her. Oh, the Mary always varied, but I ain't got the time to leave her. Oh, yeah, yeah that's um, uh, that's Geoffrey. That that also <laughs> um, oh man, yeah, that's uh, that's Geoffrey part two. I just I love that line. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that album, especially that song, is just Chuck full of Frank Ocean references. <laughs> uh, they're just all over that album. And it's definitely because Blonde is like a spiritual predecessor to it, is like one of the spiritual predecessors to it. Like Voodoo's in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Rainbows, like albums, like exactly like how you described where it's like, there's just so much into it. Um, and that album was like 40 minutes longer. Um, and we just really wanted to condense it. Um, and I felt like that's what exactly what Frank did was they had like all these longer songs and like, once you start to condense it, it starts to become, it starts to create like these ideas and like these smaller passions. So even when I listen to it, I'm like, oh shit. Oh, that's what I meant by that. Um, (laughs) because that's a lot of how I create too, is, Mm -hmm. um, what I like to call the Allen Ginsberg, um, Howell method of just like throwing it all on a pa- on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. letting your mind go, letting your subconscious do all the work and treating that as like a piece of prophecy. So when you look back yeah. at it, it, it's like it's like a map to where you were at mentally and that you couldn't process because you were in that moment. And now that you look back at it with uh, hindsight eyes, you're able to be like, oh, that's who you were. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm glad that you had that experience because that's the main reason why I, ha- I made it was so that I could have that experience. <laughs> that's really interesting that you describe creating it that way because I was going to ask about, has, especially like Voodoo, the opening track and plenty of other songs on this album, but I know that Voodoo does this where your music reminds me specifically why the wild things are, but reminds me of like prog rock where everything, mm-hmm. like there's always a, a switch up of the beat on like half your tracks, you yep. kind of switch up the beat, switch up the tempo. And I never know where it's going to turn until I listen to it. But like hearing it, yeah. you describe it as kind of just like letting your mind go, like letting your subconscious go. I do get that sense from your music and the way each song flows into itself. It, it kind of reminds me of like, I guess like Paul McCartney had this, because he has a bunch of songs that are like three separate like very distinct parts that just like switch into mm-hmm. each other. Uh, but I guess it was just yeah, because yeah. he would write like small songs and not really know where to go with them on their own. And so he just kind of throw them all together. Uh, like band on the run does that. Yeah. That's exactly what songs like uh, Venus incarnate were like Venus incarnate were two different songs mm-hmm. um, that were just two small songs. And there were two opposite songs. Like one's about a breakup and one's about new love. And like, it just like made sense to me to put them both together um, in this one song. And I think the name of the original songs was like, it was like, it was Venus and body. Um, and then I changed it to Venus incarnate because I felt like it, they just came together. But yeah, that, that, that is what Paul did. And I think Frank did that a lot. Mm-hmm. Voodoo is like a direct Frank Ocean, like tribute. There's a like interpolate interpolation of one of his other songs. Like it was, which is a, it's like a skit on Channel Orange. It's a skit song on Channel Orange, 
um, when he's like changing the the radio, there's a song called Voodoo. And at the end of mm. the song of Voodoo, you can kind of hear me doing like this interpolation of lyrics from that. Where it's like, he got the whole wide world in his hands. But like the whole song is just like that connection to Frank. Uh, it's that one. It's that one song where it's, the thing is this, the the clip that I'm referencing the interpolation isn't on that album because mm-hmm. the the part of the song that's on the album is like um, darker times, something like that. Um, and like th- there's a whole other song if you can look it up mm-hmm. on like YouTube where he eventually says that lyric that I'm interpolating. Oh, okay, so that's like that's deep, deep Frank Ocean, deep Frank Ocean love here, um, and that's the only Frank Ocean reference I listen to. I like to just point that out because when you realize that, you'll start to realize there's like tons of Frank Ocean references. Mm-hmm. There's one Frank Ocean and Kanye lyric that go together, <laughs> and it's I think it's one of my most clever lyrics that I've ever written. Um, <laughs> if you ever find it, let me know. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start combing through through the lyrics. <laughs> it's not on Genius, because I was trying to find... I was trying to see if it was on Genius. Oh, I don't think it is, no. I don't think it ever was put on Genius. <laughs> it should be on there eventually. It should get up on there. There's so many lyrics. But somebody's yeah. going to have to spend, like, time. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, I, don't, I don't see you annotating your own stuff. Or even if you do, it'll be, like, cryptic and be like, this is the first... Frank Ocean reference. There are many more. See if you find it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's because I'll spend years writing a lot of my stuff. And like, I'm also a filmmaker. So I love to just like hide shit in my lyrics. And it's it's one of my pride and joys. Like mm. the quadruple entendre is my record. I'm going on a quint. I'm trying to get a quintuple entendre, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you speak in riddles about your lyrics and you release mm-hmm. secret albums under different names and yep. you don't know where to find them. Who knows yeah. what other lives you lead? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, <laughs> um, it's uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of secrets for sure. And to be honest, this interview is probably like the most revealing interview I've given so far. And all I've done is reveal more secrets to you. And yeah, an in-depth expose. Yeah, no, I'm leaving with more questions than I started with. <laughs> we might have to do this again yeah. in a month when I, I was just Elden I was just planning on like shooting the shit with you for an hour and now I'm in the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, it, it hasn't even started yet. <laughs> It hasn't started yet. We've got some really, really interesting plans for the future, which I'm excited for. Some stuff that we've been working on for like a decade, literally. Um, And I'm just excited. Um, I'm excited to blow people's heads um, in the best way possible. Is that sort of like um, an urge to like, like you had an idea when you were younger, but maybe didn't have the like all the know-how or ability or or even oh, resources yeah. to to create what you wanted and so now you're kind of you've just kind of like stuck with it and now you feel like you're in a better place to to make it what you want it to be 100%. I mean, I didn't have the words for what I wanted to do in in the way that I'm doing it now. Um when I dreamt of it when I was younger, like I just compared it to like what Pokemon was doing or what (laughs) Disney Channel was doing. And then when I got older, I got to grad school, I started to understand, okay, this is what people are doing and they're running these companies and these larger organizations and and this creating of a universe. And ever since the first album, we've we've been focusing on still building this universe, this wild Mm -hmm. universe. And but it's just it takes so much work. And I think Hipstery has just grown in this way in the last three to four years, which has just given me the tools and the team and the support to like make this make this happen, like make this shit happen in the in the way that we want to. Because now we got so many different programs and things where I can go and you know start to implement 
ideas for what we're trying to do. And even if it's something that I implemented three years ago, it still adds to this long-term goal. And within that, that just makes everything that much more important because even these smaller events could have like this, this connection to something else. I just love that about universe, like the Marvel universe. Like you got, like people had to go see Morbius because, <laughs> because they knew that they, they thought that something was going to connect to the MCU, which was, I think, some real ethical problems on another level. But <laughs> they created this, this universe where people had to go see this movie because they thought it was going to connect to the rest of this universe. Uh, That's how much value it was. I did, did it? Did you see it? No, I haven't okay. seen it. Yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm, so I'm like wondering, like, did it at all? <laughs> no, I, I don't. It didn't at all. Okay. Um, what one of my favorite U, uh, YouTubers, Matt Pack, has this um channel called The Film Theorists, and they're breaking down how they could be in some legal problems for false advertising. Um, but that's another story. <laughs> Wait, did they directly advertise? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I've only thought of this movie when when i've when <laughs> yeah, it's been Morbius does not deserve more yeah, like it doesn't uh, exist promotion. unless someone is talking to me about it <laughs> yeah that's that's how they won um, so let's move on from Morbius. yeah <laughs> he who shall not be named i mean so obviously you've got kind of your avatar character in this universe cliff who's made features in the paintings and like on the album mm-hmm. covers so I'm, i kind of when you were describing building out this universe a little bit and like each iteration of of that avatar kind of like he's MIA right now it reminded me a little bit of uh gorillas and like how like their first couple albums there was like a progression of like the character designs yeah that blew my mind as a kid that like a band could be something like that where like there's like sort of a, a narrative and a story and a progression of these characters even though it's not like the story isn't like directly yeah, following that's, that's, itself. That's exactly. That's a great. Con, that's a great um, comparison, because it's exactly that. Because that character from when the Sidewalk Games was just alone with their dog, and then by the second album, he had all these wild things, and then by this next project, we're going to introduce a ton of other characters mm. and start to define these these characters a bit more. Um, I think that they've just existed in the artwork. And haven't gotten as much shine. Um, mm-hmm. So we're hoping that this next project will start to, you know, give them some narrative and some um, some storyline, which will explain a lot of other things. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely interested to see to see and hear where where that's going and how that's progressing. But I mean, it sounds like two days in a row in July is because the 16th is sketchbook. And then the 17th, this, this gallery opens in four point. Yeah, it's almost like we designed it to be that Damn. way. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to keep um, that weekend free. Well, it's like if if you're lucky enough to get into the the sketchbook show and it doesn't sell out or you get in before it sells out, because it's only like it's a small 100 club, people. Yeah. yeah, only like 100 people could go see it. We'll be performing a lot of the new stuff um, or some of the new stuff. And then you'll be able to go see it visually the next day at the... FPAC, but that's just the gallery opening. I mean, I'll be there. We'll have some. Sh- we'll have a show there too on Sunday and everything. But that'll the show will be open through August 11th. Nice. But yeah, it's gonna be a hectic weekend, especially for me. But I'm really excited for it. Yeah, for someone you know who's describing their anxiety and and being choosy about social situations, you keep yourself pretty busy. Yeah. I keep my distance. I got a six foot 11 security guard. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I really wish I did though. Just for like the novelty of it. Um, <laughs> what, what are you like? Um, six, seven, six, eight. And you, so you need yeah, like I'm a six, security seven. guard. That's what, it's like, no, you should get a really, you should get like a Danny DeVito sized security guard. Yeah. Then people probably wouldn't fuck with me. Cause they'd be like, Oh, that you can't fuck with that guy. He probably done some shit. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> No way anyone would pick a security guard that tall if he wasn't just like real stone cold. Yeah. 
He's just like an assassin. You're like Joe Pesci type. That's it's it's an actual concern of, of things <laughs> that we're thinking about. It's like <laughs> security has been like an issue in in the past for for me, but luckily nothing too extremely dangerous where I've been hurt or anything. Um, but it's definitely like a concern. Is like, will we even have enough money to get somebody to like that is that big or that is that bad? Mm-hmm. So like um. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there and feel grateful <laughs> that we're at a point in our career where we need security, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I just now I'm just thinking of the Kanye line right around on my bodyguards back like Prince in the club. Oh, and now that reminds me of Dave Chappelle um, <laughs> when he was pl- when he was Diddy <laughs> and he like jumped on his security guard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to like walk. He just carried him yeah, away. Yeah, <laughs> I've been uh, just because like dumb shit is happening in the world a lot. I keep mm-hmm. I keep thinking of uh, the Silky Johnson quote of, um, you know, about our our nation's leaders. Uh, I hope everything mm. bad in life happens to you and only you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I posted some meme on my Finsta that was like, uh, what did it say? Like touching grass is not enough. I need horrible things to happen to people. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those weeks. And I feel like we're going to have a lot more of those weeks, which only just like further pushes me and motivates me to create this, this universe because like, it's something I could just escape to. Like, hopefully we can get enough money to make like a, 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 a metaverse, mm-hmm. a hipstery <laughs> metaverse, and we, we could just hang out there. <laughs> yeah, like a social media site. I was, yeah. W- when you were describing all the various different projects, I was like, I was gonna like jokingly ask about VR, but now I, like, I'm not even. Oh joking. yeah, like you, there should be a hipstery VR club lounge thing. No, People no, that's, that's totally within like my interests. Like, that's the one thing that will always get me is I'm I'm a nerd first and, and a, mm-hmm. a, a computer geek first. And that's that's like one of my biggest interests. We just hopped into film and, and video um, back in 2015 because it's, it was the cheapest medium out of all the mediums to get into. But getting into gaming, getting into VR, getting into all future forms of digital media is definitely something Speaking of gorillas, that's it. actually how, like, if you What's made, that? like, an online game or, or something, like, even if it was small, that's kind of actually how I got into gorillas in the first place when I was a kid, because they had, like, a little flash game that was based on oh. the, the, I think it was the 19-2000 video from the first album, where they're driving around in the Jeep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, You know, Harry, that's a brilliant idea. Somebody from my team should write that down and consider <laughs> us doing it. <laughs> but yeah, that's I didn't know that they were like a, a music band. I just like played that game and I kind of liked yeah. the, the little song. And then I found out that, you know, it was a band. I mean, that's that's they became my favorite. It's kind of something that that's something that like I kind of deal with already is like there are a lot of people in my world that that don't even know that I do music. Like they'll know that I'm me as just a filmmaker. Some people just know me as just an educator. Some people know me as just a, a painter. Like there's It took me a few months worlds. to find out you made music at all after we met. Because we met because we were both Oh yeah, we Austin Austin Pudding. Pudding staff at the same time. Uh with context for the yeah. listeners. You used to be so I was just a, I was just Pudding. a journalist at the time. Yeah. You gave me a ride home one day after one of our meetings and Yeah, I, I vividly you, remember that. Yeah. And I looked up your SoundCloud later that night and I was like, damn, I wish he like, how did I not know this about him? I don't even think I had. Yeah. My first album wasn't out at all. Like this is when I was still the the valedictorians. So that's kind of one of the reasons why building a universe is so enticing to me, because it's a way to connect all of those audiences. Like me as a filmmaker, it's kind of upsetting sometimes. Like I've had film <laughs> I've had films that have been viewed all around the world. Like like I've been on Al Jazeera as just a filmmaker talking with like mm-hmm. major players in the film market and um like I'm just so much known in that world that people don't know about anything about this music world. It's 
it's probably a real like a real good reason why I love Childish Cambino some more because I'm like I get it I feel you like <laughs> like when he was on Community and everybody was like you're not a rapper mm-hmm. you know, and all that so, so like I totally get it um but it's also just like that's also just design and how the world is and and it's also mm-hmm. not a bad thing it it allows me to be all these different people in all these different worlds but wanting to connect all of them just to see what would happen when people start to realize that uh, like Vitiligo or like any of my movies were like pieces that went right in tandem with the albums intentionally and unintentionally because they were just created in the same year. And like, that's what my brain Mm -hmm. was thinking about. So yeah, it's like wanting to create a digital portfolio that everybody can access at all times. But it's not even like when you bring up specifically vitiligo, it's not even like your musical identity was separate from that because like you did, you scored it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. like your music is part of that movie implicitly. Yeah. That, it's, it's, it's just naturally part of that universe. Like I scored that film and then a large part of that score ended up becoming part of Vequency's album which was like this disco-y dance album, which I made at the time because I didn't feel confident enough in my voice. And Tori was just an amazing singer. And I was like, Tori, you should just Mm -hmm. do this. But now I'm like coming back around and making that same kind of music and being like, oh, no, let's just connect it all together. Just so like people, like it's it's not left field for people who are following that intently. I mean, like I've been making dance music since 2015. Mm -hmm. So- yeah, I was going to say, because it's since it seems like House is back. Is yeah. It, are we going to get a Cliff Notes House album? I was album? just about <laughs> to say that. <laughs> um, we were just talking about that in rehearsal. Like, uh, Muneka, my bass player, was like, man, Beyonce and Drake are copying you. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but nobody knows that. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the, that's the, the like, weird thing. I feel like that's happened a couple of times with you where you've put something out and then, like, a huge internationally known artists has put out something really similar uh like the billy eilish extremely video similar like the billy eilish video on the same on the same exact day that was so yeah. weird um <laughs> it was so weird the same day um uh, and for, i love that I video too for listener context uh what's do you remember the name so that's your video is is stevie stevie's ribbon yep and i don't even remember the billy eilish song but it's the one where she's getting like force-fed pills I think it's everything I wanted. She's being fed pills and then like the guy like puts out cigarettes, but it's the same exact concept, like mm-hmm. framing and everything. I, 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 the thing is, this has happened so many more times because Chemo and I are, we've been writing in Hollywood for a, uh, like almost a decade now. And we've pitched and been in front of a lot of major studios and and shared ideas of what we're working on and in hopes of getting them um, picked up by a network. And we've seen tons of our ideas, small little ideas, even big little ideas that have turned into films um, that have been picked up by other studios. But it happens all the time. Yeah. It just reminds you that like no idea is original um, because even where we got that idea, we probably got that from somebody else subconsciously and just Mm -hmm. created it something in some other way. So whether or not like Billie Eilish was just following my Instagram and followed me to the mental (laughs) hospital where we shot CV's ribbon and was like, no, we're going to shoot this the same day. Is is a complete different story. So I can't really be mad at it. If anything, yeah. I take it as a sign that I'm on the right path, and that I'm I'm creating the correct. No, it's thing. just like, like a really weird coincidence. Yeah, it's because it's happened a lot with like some big artists, um, and I, I got I got tired of calling it out. Um, I just really <laughs> just take it as a sign of synchronous synchronicity of like okay, my brain is thinking at the same wavelength as a lot of these other artists it shows that I'm heading in the right direction. Wow. Therapy really works, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's the great thing about it, especially if you get like a good therapist that you like. Yeah. Every, everybody and, and, should go yeah, to therapy. Uh, let's get on record. I'm going to be on record saying that on this show. I'm, I'm glad that it's there. I'm glad yeah. we have that together. Uh, but what I guess you say? it also sounds like maybe since you're releasing stuff in, in secret, sometimes just like you know maybe 
keeping that out of the eyes of uh, any vultures who could like pluck those ideas away. Well, well, honestly, I'm at the point now where I'm very secure in the rate at which that I create and the rate in which I come up with ideas of like, I started putting those secret songs out because I was, I, I didn't care. I, I felt better of like, I hope somebody else picks this up and I hope somebody else gets inspired by this because my mm-hmm. next idea will probably be bigger than this. So it's like years ago, I used to be like very like protective because I'm like, I don't know what my next big idea is. But after like five, six years of, at least to me, creating things that I think are profound enough um, and then like not hitting that wall of like, oh, I don't really know what's going to be next. I'm I'm, I'm almost more inclined to just get it out because like I could just be holding myself back from that next big idea. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's interesting. Like, um, like one thing I want to do in the future is just put out like this instrumental shit and somebody else did this. There's this artist that was like the Kingsway series where it was like these, this like album that was like meant to be sampled. It sounded like all old timey shit. And like, I was like, I want that. Like, let me become the Marvin Gaye. (laughs) <laughs> and charge people millions of dollars to say <laughs> so yeah i'm not i'm not as protective um these <laughs> days um working with a lot more artists and just giving away a lot of music because it's just thousands of thousands of stuff that i'm sitting on that could do better in somebody else's hands or somebody else's ears wow no that it made me think of and i forget what song or what the exact line is from why the wild things are but you do have a line about like feeling some anxiety about like you like you like to create stuff but your anxiety that you were expressing in that song was about releasing it to like the public Mm -hmm. um which i like that hit me but now like hearing you describe like your comfort with it that sounds like a lot of growth yeah on a personal level and just like releasing that anxiety yeah, yeah, that's that's another get free part two lyric. Um, never thought about the anxiety of having other people hear it. I thought it would feed my spirit. Um, I I don't know why I'm so bad at remembering my lyrics <laughs> when it doesn't have the music behind it. Um, but yeah. it's it's something around that. Thought it thought it would heal my spirit, but never thought about the anxiety of having other people hear it. Yeah, that was the the fear of the first one was it was like, okay, I put out my album. But this was like the first time where we were doing like much larger shows and like having people recite lyrics back to me or like come after the show. And like, like my first album came from a place of like, like suicidal ideation and like other people felt that and were coming up to me after the show and telling me about their experience and never thought that that was going to be the thing. It was a beautiful thing to experience, but at the same time, like I was still in it. So like, I Mm. wasn't mentally prepared to hear that from people in that moment. Um, So it it just like changed how I was perceiving that. But then I started to realize it was just getting myself into a safer, happier place where now when people do that, it like is like one of like the most beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt that sort of about making this show in the first place where I was like, cause I, I remember I talked to you like, I think like three years ago now I came down to the hipstery studio and mm-hmm. I like recorded a talk with you that was going to be like the first episode of a podcast type show. But I just remember like listening back to the audio and while the talk was great, like it was so good, but the audio quality made me realize that like, Oh, I don't really have, the equipment to kind of make this as good as I would want it to be right now. And then I ended up Mm. just like waiting and then doing it more when I was ready. But like the idea that like people listen to me to some degree, I was like, I had to get a little comfortable with that. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a process and you relearn it every time. Like even starting my podcast, like I thought I was just going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll just talk. But, like, the first few podcasts, I was, like, freaking out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't, like, nobody wants to listen to me. Who cares? <laughs> like, you just, you're always going to be your worst critic. Yeah, worst. I felt especially, uh, like, this is the easiest part for me, like, talking to you. Because you're, like, a, a person mm-hmm. and, like, a conversation, you know, it's, like, you know, playing, like, ping pong. But um, the weirdest part about, like, doing the show is like the intros and outros when I'm like 
doing it alone and I'm <laughs> like talking to someone, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, a disembodied listener. And I'm like, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, it takes a while to get used to it. Yeah. Especially the intros and stuff. It's like you start critiquing everything about you. Like, oh my God, they can hear every breath that I make. Or like, mm-hmm. I've said the word cool too many times. Like, I need to come up, like, I need to look at a thesaurus and come up with some adjective. Like, it's like nobody cares about that. Uh, but um, your podcast, we should mention the name of it, Lust for Live through Double Elvis. Lust for Live. It's your home for everything live in the city. It's a 15-minute rundown of all the events happening that week. It's a lot of fun just making it. And it yeah. also just... Especially if you're looking for stuff to do around town. Yeah. It's, it's, for, it's like really just forced me to like be more social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, which I think is good because now I'm just like forced to be tapped into everything that's happening in the city. So, and there's like things that it's, it's harder to be antisocial when you know that there's some cool shit happening. Yeah. (laughs) So that's been cool. That's been cool. Shout out to double Elvis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with the Elvis that we were talking about before uh, hitting record the movie that just came out, which we expressed form. El- the Elvis movie <laughs> that we were talking about oh, right when Elvis. we hopped down before before we uh, were recording. Yeah, Double Elvis, the podcast it. network. Oh yeah, that is we are Double Elvis. <laughs> I, I definitely did tweet "What the fuck is an Elvis?" the other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no offense to Double Elvis, I know what a Double Elvis is. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a busy it's been a busy time. I gotta, I gotta get ready to hop off of this soon. Cool. So, if it's alright, if we could, um, yeah. I mean, what, I usually let this some closing words. Yeah, I usually just leave um, it open to whatever question. You know, whatever is on on your mind, like whatever you want to plug. I mean, we've talked about like some upcoming events, things you you want um, to remind people. If anybody's like general listening messages. to this podcast, if anybody's like listening to this podcast. Um, like in real time, like when it comes out um, or they find out about the wild extended universe and are doing their due diligence and listening to previous podcasts because they realize I dropped a lot of clues in this interview alone, then you should understand that I am an unreliable narrator. And <laughs> It only is by design. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize I was I was inviting the Riddler on my podcast. (laughs) Yeah, they're in it now. Welcome. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just a conduit here. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not the actual Wizard of Oz here. (laughs) So many hints. I'm just giving so many hints. I got to stop there. Um, but this has been fun the, though. The cliff hive, um, the cliff hive is gonna go crazy over this one. Yeah, lots of uh maps with uh with um yarn string. <laughs> yeah, honestly, just come through the show. There's gonna be lots of different events that'll happen. Just stay tuned, keep your eyes peeled everywhere. Um and just have fun. This is just gonna be fun. This is this isn't supposed to be like a challenge. This is it's just, just having fun here. <laughs> but Harry, thank you um, for allowing me to come here and be so cryptic. Yeah. Hey, and he, honestly, I love cryptic artists. Sometimes you just got to live. My friend Feebo told me the other day is that like the best thing we could do for a living is just live. Mm-hmm. You got to live for a living. Yeah, I like that. That's a good, that's a good closing message. Live for living. All you listeners out there. Thanks, Feebo. That's actually not a Feebo quote. Oh, dang, I forgot who it was. It's like an author, somebody. Um, I think he has a book called Live for a Living. But yeah, just keep living out there, y'all. And keep loving. Like, mm. love is so important. I'm not trying to be like some like goofy-ass, like, love is so important. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's in you. It's in me. 
because, I mean, if anyone's followed my career, I've been a very angry, sad person for a long time. So this is a new thing that I'm just learning about um, and -hmm. learning its value. So hopefully people can come on this journey with me and I'll love them back. Hey, I'm a, I'm on that journey too. I think so. I'll see you on the on the way. <laughs> I think the name of the book. I think I got it. It's called. Oh no, I don't got it. I found something, but I, I don't think it, this is the guy. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, just keep living out there. Keep loving. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Mm. Amen. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, Cliff. I will see you soon in a couple weeks at those shows july yeah, 16th and um, 17th thanks for having me hey thanks yeah. for having me um anytime really excited um this was a this was a great interview there was like this interview recently with on um, rory and Maul's podcast with logic and like the whole interview he was just like this is the greatest interview of my life <laughs> <laughs> um but this is definitely up there this uh I've I've never felt uh, as comfortable on a podcast before. Hey, just with like people I don't know and stuff. I'm glad. Shout out to podcast. Shout out to the whole Austin Pudding family. I was just with some of y'all last night, or just Christine last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, y'all. My interview with Cliff Notes. Uh, like you heard in the episode this Sunday, July 17th, Cliff has a gallery opening up in seaport unfortunately they uh chose to cancel the the sketchbook show on saturday so that's no longer happening in case you were listening to that and were like that sounds like an awesome time i agree it did sound like an awesome time i was gonna go but they canceled it but the the gallery opens on the 17th but then i think it runs through august i'll link to it uh and double check the dates in there but you should definitely check it out it's you know worth your time to head out there see what art cliff has been cooking up cliff and the rest of the hipstery crew to a as the expand the the hipstery the wild things extended universe yeah i i can't wait uh anyway i have another interview i have the next episode recorded but there might be another a different next episode So there may be an episode next week. It might be in two weeks. We'll see. You'll hear from me when you hear from me. As always, don't ever expect me to respond. (laughs) I hope everybody's enjoying summer. Yep, have a good week or two. And see you soon. Bye.